Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the Chime Checking Account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime Checking Account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com slash Goals24. That's Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where don't let a terrible lunch on the last day of a 14-day honeymoon in Japan ruin your entire recollection of that time spent with your significant other. Nay, let it ruy that memory instead. Because at the end of that day, it was all worth it. Lakers Media Day! Lakers Training Camp. At last, we are finally here. And speaking of Rui, he looks very clean cut and cut. So, looks good. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I am your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. Today was the day of all days, the start of the 23-24 Lakers season, the start of a new NBA season. And I know Rob Palinka and Darvin Ham had their presser last week, last Friday, and today was all about the players. But Tommy, to speak on Robbie P. quotables, when you and Nicole had your guys' honeymoon, did any one meal during your time ruin your entire stay there at all or no? And by the way, I just want to say it's probably impossible to have a terrible meal in Japan through any 14-day stretch from everything I've heard from other people and the tremendous culinary cuisine in Japan. But anyways, yeah, for your honeymoon with Nicole, was there ever a bad meal there that ruined the entire experience? Um, I, Where did you I, go, by the way, for your honeymoon? We went to Italy. Oh, okay. Um, You know, I... Did you get the runs? No, <laughs> I did not, but thanks for asking. That's great. <laughs> I, uh, you know, there was, there was one bad meal. I had a black squid ink pasta that was just Ooh. too fishy. Um, but you know, it did not, it did not ruin the whole honeymoon. 
it did not black squid ink your entire honeymoon. <laughs> exactly. Very nice to hear. All right. So for today's episode, I'm going to bench Tommy for a bit to recap uh, my quick thoughts on Lakers Media Day since we pre-recorded some of these segments. So yeah, I'll give my thoughts on Lakers Media Day and what stood out to me. And then I'll bring Tommy back in and we'll talk about how we think this Lakers team will stack up against the rest of the West and what the start of their season may look like record-wise. But before we get to the Media Day hullabaloo, while I still have Tommy here, Tommy, my icebreaker question for you today is, who is your personal favorite new free agent signing of the offseason? This isn't necessarily the player who will be the most impactful on the court. This isn't necessarily the player who has the resume prior to coming in with the Lakers. This isn't necessarily even the player who you expect specific results from. This is just like who you vibe with the most and who you're excited to follow. So who is your personal favorite new free agent signing for one reason or another of the offseason for the Lakers? There's not that many, actually, for the first time in a long time to pick from. (laughs) I would say um, the person I'm most excited for is Gabe Vincent. And not just because he's like the not just because he's like the biggest um, the biggest, you know, kind of spend pick that we that we got this offseason. But I think like, you know, last year, I think we've had a run of years with point guards who needed the ball in their hands too much. And we haven't had a guy who you can trust to go play defense. You can trust to take an open three if he has it. And he has the confidence to step up and do it. But Mm -hmm. he's going to engage defensively regardless of whether he has the ball. He's going to engage offensively regardless of whether he's the one running the show. Um, I think all of those things are going to make him a quick fan favorite. I know he has like inefficiencies and maybe shot selection questions and he's our smallest player and and all and all of these things but i think like you know we saw what dennis did with this team last year and i think we got a guy who fits this roster a lot better and i think yeah you know that's why i'm kind of I'm excited. And, you know, part of what makes me excited is like, you don't really know what you're getting, right? When you're thinking about the other signings, like Torian Prince, I really am excited about, but I, you kind of know more what you're getting there. I think with Vincent, it's going to be interesting because he's just had these like stretches of looking good, but it's not like he's, you know, a career, like I've been doing this for eight years consistently type of guy. Yeah, but I think throughout his career, he's always had that, I don't even want to call it an aura, but like a presence of physicality and grit that I think most fans will gravitate towards. And do you agree with the comp? I'm sure you've heard this comp, but like the Derek Fisher comp where, yeah, you got frustrated with the way that Derek Fisher played and some of the shots that he took. And you're like, why are we even giving the ball to Derek Fisher? But when it came down to crunch time and even crunch time defensively, when you knew that you needed this guy to step up, like Derek Fisher would really get his elbows in there, you know what I mean, and fight and scrap. And so, yeah, he, you know, I think he'll could be a fan favorite in that same sort of vein. Um, I think for me, my personal new free agent signing, and this may surprise you, might be Cam Reddish, actually. <laughs> and I think it's coming from a place of, man, people have such strong feelings about Cam Reddish. I don't know if you know this or not. It's either this dude is going to be the next Paul George or this dude is a lost cause. Why do we, why did we even waste a roster spot on him? You know? And I think I gravitate to him because of just how down people are on him. And if you just look at the skill set and the flashes that he's shown, we haven't had a player with this theoretical fluidity and skill set 
plus pedigree at that wing position of 6'7 and 6'8. You know what I mean? We've had guys like that in terms of, oh, Malik Monk, but he's 6'4, 6'5, right? Even Lonnie Walker, but he's 6'4. Cam Reddish, it's like, okay, all that theoretical skill and the flashes that he's shown of that skill, it's in a 6'7 person's body, you know? Like the one position that we've always sort of pined for. And now we have it in Cam Reddish, who's on his last legs, and that kind of excites me, you know? So I'm rooting for this kid. I don't know if it'll pan out, but just in terms of he's got the odds stacked against him, he's got a chip on his shoulder, will he actually be able to play an off-ball role where he doesn't have the ball? Like... Those are the things that I'm intrigued by. Um, any Cam Reddish thoughts? I'm intrigued. I'm just not optimistic that I think by the end of this year, he will start to come into his own a little bit more and realize kind of what he has to do to be like an effective NBA player. I just don't know that we're going to see the results of that with this with this roster. Yeah, that's fair. That said, putting results to the side, I'm intrigued to see how Cam Reddish will progress and whether he'll be able to follow in the footsteps of a Malik Monk, a Lonnie Walker, et cetera, et cetera. All right, Tommy, I'm going to bench you now and talk about Media Day for a little bit. So see you later in a little bit. Put me in. <laughs> All right, so my quick thoughts on the Lakers 23-24 Media Day. I think this was sort of a carryover from pretty much a lot of what we've been saying this entire offseason, if you've been listening to our podcast. And today was a carryover of Rob Palenka and Darvin Ham's presser on Friday as well. If you want to check out our reaction to that, check out our last podcast, which we just recorded on Friday. But yeah, media today, I think the common theme that was being circulated around the entire practice facility was continuity. The guys feeling like they have a legitimate head start They feel like we can hit the ground running. And that overall feeling of feeling aligned as a group, as a team, and feeling like everybody's running the same marathon. Uh, Last season, as you've heard from a couple of different guys, they kept mentioning how last season felt like three different seasons. Everything was so discombobulated. But to them, to start off on day one in this manner with much of the same core... They all mentioned how this season sort of feels like a straight shot towards that common goal, i.e. number 18, championship number 18 for the Lakers. And I think LeBron James really hammered that home right at the top when he was interviewed by Spectrum Sportsnet. He was the first interview, and you could see it from LeBron's demeanor. He truly seems refreshed and rejuvenated. His beard is looking very nicely trimmed and darkly dyed. But apart from that, He's the one who kept pointing out that this was the first time in a long time, in pretty much his entire tenure with the Lakers, where much of the same core was brought back from last year. He's the one who kept emphasizing that this season feels different because for the first time in a long time, the Lakers aren't having this complete overhaul roster turnover. And so it was it was nice to see what we've been saying manifested in LeBron's own words and his own demeanor. Him saying that the team seems hungry and everybody seems aligned in trying to get the number 18th championship. Everybody seems aligned in that vision. Um, Some other things that stood out to me, some other players that stood out to me was obviously Rui Hachimura. I mean, the dude looks good. Looks very clean cut. He looks more toned, but he still has his strong, broad shoulders to him. He mentioned that he's the same weight, He didn't really slim down, but his body is a lot more defined and toned. 
And to me, that actually sounds a whole lot better because it means that Rui Hachimura did not lose any of his strength, which we still want him to have against those bigger fours and sometimes even fives. And so the fact that he just toned down and became more cut, I think is great. And overall, he just looks like a very matured, well-developed 25-year-old young man who seems ready to take that next step. Said it was an honor to be able to work out with LeBron and that it was actually Phil Handy's idea for him to reach out to Bron and see if he could tag along. So I'm glad that that relationship was able to really bloom and blossom this offseason. Rui and LeBron, Daniel San and Mr. Miyagi, as LeBron said himself. Cam Reddish also stood out to me. He mentioned that he was in the weight room a lot this offseason, said he added about 12 pounds of muscle, and that his primary reason for being in the weight room and bulking up was so that he could specifically play better defense and hone in on that aspect of his game, which is all you want to hear from Cam Reddish. And then the other thing, most important thing that he said was he's been working on his catch and shoot three-point shooting. Not his off-the-ball pull-up three-point shooting, specifically standstill catch and shoot. And so I think what I like from Cam Reddish is that it seems like he knows the ask of him. It seems like he knows what the team wants from him. And again, these are just words. We want to see it in action, but so far, so good. Austin Reeves, he mentioned that he understands he's going to move up in opposing team scouting reports. He's prepared for that. But he also reiterated that the beauty of this Lakers team is obviously their depth and that there are a bunch of other guys who should also be high on opposing team scouting reports. So even if Austin Reeves has become highlighted and magnified in a lot of opposing team scouting reports, it's not going to matter as much because they also have to worry about D'Angelo Russell, Christian Wood, Gabe Vincent, yada yada, etc., etc. And then I guess the main player that I want to highlight is Christian Wood. And I had never really listened to any prior Christian Wood interviews, so this was my first exposure to him. And to me, he just seemed like a very composed, articulate, and charismatic individual. I pretty much loved everything that I heard from Christian Wood. The perception of him is that he's a locker room cancer, he's toxic, he's selfish. But at least from an interview standpoint... He seems very self-aware, and the fact that he just was able to, in a respectful manner, relay that he has the biggest chip on his shoulder right now because of everything that's been, because of everything that people have been saying of him, all the false narratives that have been out there, I just like his delivery and being able to say, I'm coming for people. He mentioned that he's the most motivated he's ever been since his rookie season when he went undrafted. He's heard all the noise, he's seen all the false narratives, and he's ready to prove all those people wrong. When it comes to his role, he doesn't care if he's starting or he's coming off the bench. He just wants to win. Now, everybody always says that, but there was an authenticity behind that because Christian would follow that up by saying he really wants to make the playoffs because he's never been to the playoffs. And you can sense that he knows that contributing to a contending team will help shift the entire perception and narrative of his game and his character. So I just love how he's taking everything so personally this season. He definitely feels slighted, but again, he was very respectful about the way he was able to convey that distaste towards all the pundits, all the fans, all the noise. So Christian Wood, I am very excited for Christian Wood. 
Yeah, I mean, apart from that, those were the players that really stood out to me in this media day. I mean, from Anthony Davis, LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, everybody was just hammering home that point of continuity, bringing back the same core. I really like what D'Angelo Russell said about how this group of guys, not only do they mesh on court, but they all really enjoy each other's presence off the court. And I think that's a very important aspect of, you know, team chemistry. And the fact that these dudes kind of enjoy spending time together, I think is an underrated aspect of what will help this team really hit the ground running. Yeah, overall felt really great about this media day because it harkens back to prior seasons of no drama, of the team being on the same page, everybody being highly motivated, and again, everybody being aligned in that same vision of the number 18 championship for the Lakers is a realistic possibility, and everybody has put in the work individually, and now they're ready to do it collectively and really try and see if they can do something special this year. So yeah, it feels like the 2019-20 championship season. It feels like the 2020-21 season that was derailed by injuries, but it seems like the guys are ready and again, none of this would have been possible without the masterclass trade that Rob Palenka pulled off at the trade deadline. And then most importantly, him retaining a lot of these key core pieces and then just building on top of that. So those are my media day thoughts. So yeah, let's take it to break first. When we return from break, I'll bring Tommy back in and then we shall have a discussion on where the Lakers stand in the Western Conference with some of the new trades that have been going on around the league, but also this great group of guys with depth and versatility that the Lakers have assembled. So we will catch you guys after the turn. Hey guys, quick call to action for yours truly, the Lakers Legacy Podcast. If you'd enjoy consuming our content, please, please, please take a moment to rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Also, please take a moment to give us a five-star thumb tap on the Spotify app. Just search for the Lakers Legacy Podcast on the Spotify app and click that five-star dial at the top of our page. It's that easy to do. We would greatly appreciate it. It will do a lot in determining the future of the show moving forward, especially as we head into the 2023-24 season. At this point, it's the only thing that drives this show. With that said, thank you for consuming our content, and please enjoy the rest of the show. All right, so we are back, and Tommy, I'm going to open up this box and bring you out. Come, Come on out. Were you able to breathe in there? Did I put enough holes in the box for you to uh to breathe? Oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so all my media day thoughts aside, let's talk about where and how the Lakers stack up against the rest of the league, the West, the East, etc. We haven't really gotten a chance to talk about this, but looking at the landscape of the Western Conference, and obviously Damian Lillard just got traded from Portland to the Bucks. He did. The East is a different. <laughs> Yeah, he did. And, you know, the East is a different story. And over the weekend, the biggest news that happened was Drew Holiday being traded to the Celtics, uh, Portland finalizing that second part of their deal in the Damian Lillard trade. And so now we have Drew Holiday going to the Celtics. And I think the Drew Holiday trade has possibly bigger implications than the Damian Lillard trade because... We knew that Damian Lillard was going to leave Portland and that most of his suitors were going to be on the East Coast or on Eastern Conference teams. But for Drew Holiday, 
After Portland acquired him, a lot of us were wondering whether he'd be traded to the Clippers or maybe the Golden State Warriors. So the fact that Drew Holiday is going from west to east, he's going to be on the Celtics. Obviously, we hate the fact that he's going to be on the Celtics, but it's good for the Lakers in the prism of just focusing on the Western Conference that Drew Holiday is not a Clipper. Drew Holiday is not a Golden State Warrior. So... Who in the West do you feel like significantly got better, if at all? For me, this sounds so homery, but I'm, I'm objectively, I looked at it. I think it's the Lakers, you know, because let, let's run this down a little bit. The Suns, I guess you could argue that they made the biggest splash with the Bradley Beal signing, yeah. but they are a big TBD in my eyes. And even though I actually love a lot of their minimum signings, like flanking all, a lot of those guys with youthful upside... And then even trading DeAndre Ayton for Yusuf Nurkic and Nasir Little in depth. And also, I love Frank Vogel as a coach, so that should be interesting to see. They are still a huge TBD, and obviously they don't have continuity on their side. So there's the Suns. The Mavericks, you know, they improved with regards to they bolstered their big man depth. And they have an, another offseason to build the continuity between Luke and Kyrie. So they probably improved, but I don't think it's as much as the Lakers did. Um, the Denver Nuggets, obviously their biggest selling point is their maintained continuity, but they unequivocally did not get better. In fact, they lost Bruce Brown. They lost yeah. Jeff Green, who's more of like a locker room leader, but also he played significant or he played a role for them as a Wait, where did utility Jeff Green forward. Go? I'm like forgetting now that you mentioned this. Where did Jeff Green go? I thought he signed, he signed with them. He signed with the Rockets, dude. Wait, hold he on. Did? Let me make sure. He did. I oh, think so. Because the Rockets. Right. Sorry, yeah, sorry to Rock- go on that tangent. He did. <laughs> no, the Rockets are looking for veteran leadership. I guess the Rockets improved, right? Because they got Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, and Jeff Green. But I don't think, obviously, <laughs> they've improved. Yeah. I don't think the Rockets have improved themselves to the status of, you know, top four in the West. But yeah, going back to Denver, they lost Bruce Brown. They lost Jeff Green. Sure, Christian Braun and Peyton Watson or whatever can step up, but they are not Bruce Brown. Also, the Nuggets were outlierly healthy last season. If people forget, or if people don't remember, the tale of the Denver Nuggets has been they've always been injury-ridden, you know, whether it's Jamal Murray's knee or Jokic being out, et cetera, et cetera. So you could actually point to the Denver Nuggets being a pretty injury-prone team, and last year was their 2020 Lakers bubble, you know? So there's the Denver Nuggets. I don't feel like they improved last year, though they do have continuity. The Clippers, I mean, the Clippers are the Clippers, right? They could be fine if they're healthy, but that's that's always been a team of a lot of ifs. And, you know, by the time you're listening to this podcast, we're not sure if they have James Harden, so maybe they've improved their chances. But the Clippers are always going to be a big up-in-the-air what-if. Memphis could improve just internal improvement wise with all their young with their all of their young crop of you know wings and stuff but they do have to deal with jaws 25 game suspension and then the golden state warriors they are looking like the 2020-21 geriatric lakers edition and draymond green has already unfortunately suffered an injury that's going to keep him out for four to six weeks so that kind of seems like a dark omen to come for their team if Yeah, that cursed Lakers, mellow Westbrook, Dwight season two years ago is any indication. But yeah, I mean, looking at the landscape of this entire West, um, I don't feel like the West has significantly got, I don't think the West significantly got better, especially if you compare that to what the Lakers did, bolstering their depth from, you know, 
the 11th man to the 14th man. So your thoughts on how the Lakers stack up against the West? Yeah, I think I, and I appreciate your rundown. I think that was helpful because you kind of forget about what all these teams did. Um, I think it's in some order, Suns, Lakers, and Nuggets at the top of the West. I think the Nuggets have the continuity, but they're going to have the championship hangover. I think the Suns, they're just the by far the biggest question mark to me. I think there's a couple of things with the Suns. Number one is Booker is a legit star in his prime right now. So we know what he's going to give you. KD, I actually don't know what he's going to give you. He he Maybe he was banged up at the end of last season. He obviously had the injury right after, you know, I think I want to say it was like right after the trade deadline. He missed a significant stretch like leading into the playoffs. Um, So, you know, that's KD. Is he going to kind of have a renaissance here or is he not the same KD he was four years ago, which would which would make sense? We don't know. And then, like, obviously, Brad Beal is a huge splash, like you said. But how does he fit in? He's never played on a winning team pretty much his entire career. So is he able to figure it out? Are Booker and Beal able to figure out how to play together? Um, you know, they they did do like some some things that. I'm not 100% sure about, like, you know, obviously they've gutted, like, a lot of their depth that they had a few years ago it, over the course of a few trades. You know, obviously Aiton, um, you know, Cam Reddish. Um, I'm sorry, not Cam Reddish, Campaign. Um, so there there are guys who were kind of part of that I, that group that, you know, had success for them that are not there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So there's just and then Vogel obviously coming in as a new coach as a very 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 defensive minded guy like how does how does he make that those pieces fit offensively um I I think given all of that like I think the Lakers have a reasonable very reasonable shot at being the number 1 seed in the conference this year that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win a championship but I think that right. they have a reasonable shot to be the number one seed. They have depth. They have the bodies to make it through 82 games. They have hunger. They have continuity. They have a, you know, coach two consecutive years, which is good. Um, you yeah. know, they, they like, you know, they, they, they added pieces in the off season that made sense. They let pieces walk that weren't necessary. Like it, everything sort of makes sense this year. And, and so like, I would not be surprised if they were, a top seed. I certainly think they're going to be in the conversation. And then, like you said, everybody else, including us, right? Health is a, is a question for everybody. Everybody else sort of has questions, but assuming full health, assuming some of the questions are answered in maybe an obvious way, like I think Suns, Lakers, Nuggets are the, the teams to beat in the West mm-hmm. based on what we know now, like Clippers maybe could emerge, you know, some other team, like I, I'd add a fourth team to that list, depending on wherever Harden end up. Um, but for right now, I think it's it's Suns, Lakers, Nuggets. Yeah, I think health considered, I'd have to agree with you. Lakers are at least a top three team in the West, if not number one, number two, because the one point that you said that I want to highlight is the Lakers actually have continuity in comparison to a lot of these other teams, save for Denver, right? So while these other teams are figuring out their shit, and even Memphis Grizzlies figuring out their shit without John ja Morant and without Tyus Jones, which is a big deal, like, I feel like we're already there in terms of we have a foundational baseline to work with and we're just trying to incorporate these these new pieces to see just how high our ceiling could be this season. So I feel like we could just hit the ground running right right out of the gate this this season and it could end up resembling that 
2019-20 championship season with regards to vibes, but also just record-wise how we start the season off. Now, to end this show, obviously last season, the first 12 games, we were 2-10. and 10. Sorry to remind you. What do you think the Lakers, what record do you think the Lakers will start off with here? And I'll just quickly run down our first few opponents. At Denver, at home versus Phoenix, at Sacramento, home versus Orlando, home versus the Clippers, at Orlando, at Miami, at Houston, at Phoenix, and then at home versus Portland, Memphis, Sacramento. Those are the first 12 games. My only real concern here, Tommy, is the fact that we have six road games in our first nine games. That's kind of bizarre. So yeah, that would be my only concern. But in terms of level of competition, I think we talked about this via text prior, but I think you'd agree that our median mark here in our first 12 games is probably seven and five. Yeah. But I'm going to predict nine and three just because of our continuity and just how rejuvenated and amped everybody is. So yeah, I'll go with nine, three, but what are your thoughts? I think we probably win against Phoenix that second game. I'm hoping we beat Sacramento in Sacramento. Orlando's probably a win, even at Orlando the next week. Um, Miami, who knows what's happening there, but we definitely have a win against Houston, definitely have a win against Portland, Memphis without jaw, and then we play Sacramento again at home. So yeah, I'm I'm guessing 9-3, 7-5 at the very least. But your thoughts on the first 12 games? Yeah, I think... You know, it's it's always it's hard to predict because you never know what kind of posture your team is going to take, right? Like, do they come in super overconfident like the Clippers do every year and say, like, we're going to rest all our guys for like the first 40 games? Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, we certainly have the the depth to make something work. Do we come out with the urgency that we need? Does it take some time to build that urgency? Like, we have the continuity, but we still have guys need to find their spots and, and rotation minutes. Like there, there's still those sort, sorts of questions. I think to your point, like given the fact that we have some continuity, we're still going to be ahead of like most of these teams that we're playing. Um, but you know, tempering expectations, like we saw the run that post trade deadline we made last year. That's typically when the contenders tend to make their runs is post trade deadline. You know, I want to say better than seven and five is, is very reasonable, but you know, it's just, it's, there's an easing in aspect to the season, you know, mm-hmm. preseason's gotten shorter. Not only has it gotten shorter guys take it way less seriously. I mean, certainly teams take it way less seriously. Like LeBron and AD will play three games each half a game or like, you know, two games, half a game played one game. They'll play maybe three quarters. Like, but you know, so it's, you come in and and these guys are still going to be super rusty. And so for that reason, it's, I think that's why I temper it at seven and five, but yeah, it's, it's not the easiest schedule to start, but we're also not playing like exclusively. I mean, last year we started two and 10, but we played like, we were a really bad team and we played like all playoff teams um, pretty much in that stretch. That's true. Including like some bouts with Utah who we didn't realize were going to be that good. Right. Um, But your point is well taken because I think the Lakers are going to use the first 10 games to experiment with Rui at the three or whoever they decide, you know, and rejigger from there. So yeah, seven and five. For me, I'll still be bold and say nine and three. With that said, that'll do it for our episode. 
Media day was a lot of fun. Training camp is underway. We have preseason basketball. The next time we talk to Tommy, we'll actually have basketball to analyze. Yoo-hoo. Or woo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. Uh, so yeah, with that said, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Lexi Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Please give us five stars on the Spotify app. I think we have like 92 stars. Help us get to at least 100. And yeah, we will catch you guys next time when we will be talking about actual Lakers preseason basketball. So Tommy, I will let you go. Peace. Laters. <laughs>MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.